0: Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to ClaritinD.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up, gang? Welcome to The Greatness Machine. I'm your host, Darius Rashad. I'm so pumped to have you here with me. Now listen, The Greatness Machine, we're about two things. Number one, people who are living their passions. And number two, Those who are creating greatness in the world and doing both of these things, despite the odds against them. Each episode, we're going to feature interviews with game changers, business leaders, you know, telling us their origin stories, what made them tick, what got them to where they are now. Why? So can help you step into your greatness within your life, your business, and your career. Occasionally, you might hear a few solo episodes from myself, moi, as I say, as I leverage my 20 years of entrepreneurship as a CEO and founder to help you grow and level up in your journey to scale your life and your business. So. Come be a fly on the wall, enjoy the conversation, and I'm stoked to have you here with me. Uh, welcome to The Greatest Machine. I'm your host, Darius Mashazde, and boy, do we have a special guest today acclaimed upcoming author, Peter Kozadoy. Did I get your
1: last name right? It was close enough, Kozadoy. Yeah, you killed Cossidoy.
0: it. We got Peter Kozadoy here. We're ending the week strong with the book launch of P- Peter Cazzoi. I'm so pumped to have you. Uh, dude, before we get started, I want to give a little bit of background on the on the format of the show, and then we're going to dive right in. Is that cool, Peter? Of course. All right, guys, the, the, the format of the show is quite simple. This is the greatness machine, and what we're doing is we're bringing together change makers who are living their passions to create greatness in the world, and my man Peter here is neither short of greatness nor passion. And-
1: but I am short.
0: well um
1: i didn't know that that's interesting former figure skater man we're all short
0: dude. i did i did i did read that i was pretty uh, that will i want to dive into that once we get into the show but a couple things to know about live streaming guys we're live start a watch party ask us questions my team's on standby they'll be shooting questions over here and dude i'm just gonna say this i like i like to do my own little bios because everyone has their blubbly blubbly long like professional bios and i'm like yeah screw those i do my own Black wait, Black belt martial artist, serial mm-hmm. entrepreneur, Inc. Mm-hmm. 5000 CEO, TEDx speaker, coach, and now author of the newly released book, Honest to Greatness, which just came out this week. But, but most importantly, you're an Olympic hopeful figure skater and you're a New Yorker. Dude, you are a true renaissance man.
1: Well, I'm a Bostonian. So, oh. you know, once we get to the Patriots oh. Red Sox thing, I got to be, you know.
0: I, I Listen, I, I'll give but you live in New York, right?
1: Uh, so I, I actually live in Connecticut. Yeah, I'm in Fairfield County right outside, but I did an MBA at Columbia. So they, they sort of adopted me, I think down there. In oh, I,
0: I, I screw that up. And I and you being a Bostonian, I really don't want to screw that up. I should have known the <laughs> 617 area code. Yeah, um, that's right. Dude, well, man, it's Friday, book launch week. You've been marathoning it up. How are you
1: doing, yeah. bro? tired. I'm tired. Um, I earned my martinis tonight. Let's just say that. Um, And, you know, I have, uh, you know, part of being honest, Darius is uh, just, you know, knowing what you don't know, and being being honest about that. And there have been so many things I didn't know to do uh, in the launch my first book. And, uh, you know, you you now are about to be an author, so you know with books, the first one's pretty important, right? Nobody wants to invest in the the first flopped author. Um, but we're at number one uh, new release on Amazon in two categories, which is phenomenal. But my point is there have been so many things that folks have told me about and I'm integrating them as I'm rolling. Literally like 48 hours ago, someone was like, oh yeah, when I launched my book, I did like a two, six hour like live stream marathon, just like did an infomercial but the whole book, went chapter by chapter. And I was like, Oh, yeah, that's a really good idea. And then we hung up and I was like, Rick, Rick, Patricia, we get, ev- get everybody together. We got to do this live stream. We got to pull this together. We got to find the gap. Um, but I think that's what's kind of gotten me gotten me propelled. So a lot of these things were planned and a lot of them were unplanned and I had to scramble and put them in. But I'm not a do anything small kind of person. If I'm going to yeah. do it, I'm going to do it. And I'm yeah. going to uh, you know go sliding into into the end of my life broken and bruised. But I think there's no better way to do it.
0: Yeah, man, I relate to you on that. It's like, go big or go home, right? Yeah, why do it absolutely. if you're not, like, like don't, no one, why would you go through the effort? And we both know having written books, it is a ton of, done a freaking effort to to then just like set it on the shelf and sell 30 copies. I don't know why people do that personally. Totally. I actually do know why they do it <laughs> because the writing the book is easier than the putting the book out. To putting the book out to try to make it successful, I think is a crazy amount of work.
1: I was so glad to be done with the writing. I was like, oh, that's over. Now we're on to the easy part. Boy, was I wrong.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, so look, uh, when did, did you guys go? What day was the first day it went published? Live? Tuesday. Yeah, so oh. this is day four. Okay, so you're day four. Dude, you look great, man. You're holding up well. I mean, this is your training.
1: Uh, Yeah, I guess all those years of figure skating, maybe they they helped for this. I don't know, but it's it's exhausting. We've, I've been doing about nine interviews a day. I have ABC uh, in California after this, and then I am done nice. for the day. I'll come back on tomorrow, but, uh, yeah, it's a lot.
0: Well, you sound great, man. And I'm so pumped, but let's talk about the book. So honest to greatness. Um, how did this, how was this baby born? Tell me about
1: your book. Uh, with, with great pain, with great labor pains. Um, you know, I, I never set out to write about honesty, Darius. And it's quite shocking to me that I am the person to write a book about honesty. I'm not a particularly, you know, touchy feely ethics kind of guy. And and I think you know, one point I want everyone to understand is it's not an ethics book. You know, this is a book about in a society in which we are increasingly transparent, where scandal after scandal can obviously not be kept under wraps and it all comes out. It will no longer pay to do anything but be honest and transparent. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I originally sat down to write a marketing book because I was frustrated at the amount of BS and sweeping under the rug, and all the corporate crap that happened in my clients, from the startups to you know Fortune 500, I worked with, and um, it just drove me nuts. I was so frustrated by it. I used to walk away from meetings thinking like these people are idiots, um, but they weren't. You know, nobody who becomes an executive of big company is a moron. That was me, you know, being stupid. But uh, what I ended up deciding through you know really diving into this and researching and trying to figure out why is that many. Leaders, and I use that term lovingly and lightly, grow to be dishonest. You know, dishonest about what's uh, going on in the world and what's changing, what's going on with their customers and suppliers and vendors and own family and friends. Uh, and and people fail to get honest with themselves, you know, with their own biases and ego and self-limiting beliefs, and how damaging those can be when you exert them through an organization. And so I sort of accidentally became uh, an, an author and a speaker on on honesty because I submitted a marketing book to my agent. And um, after looking at it, he was like, "Oh, yeah, th- this is great." Um, by the way, this isn't this isn't a book about marketing; it's a book about honesty. And I was like, "Well, clearly, you can't read um, yeah. because it doesn't say anything about that <laughs> on the cover. It Just literally says marketing." Um, but but you know, he was right. You know, that was in my own blind spot, and I, I said, "Wow, this is actually he's right. This is much bigger than just how do we communicate as an organization. It's uh, what do we believe? You know, what kind of environment are we creating for ourselves?" what really works in sales and marketing and finance and management in a world where everyone's calling BS on on everything. We don't know who to trust. So it became a lot bigger of a movement than I even intended it.
0: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. In the world of successful partnerships, names like Procter & Gamble, Ben & Jerry, and supply and demand echo through business history. But when it comes to growing your business, who are the perfect partners? That's you and Shopify. Go to ClaritinD.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear, uses directed. And so so what I'm hearing you say is like, and maybe I'm picking a word that I, 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 my number two strength is communication. So I get really picky about words, but I'm hearing authenticity and maybe Mm -hmm. that's my own way of saying honesty is like being what you are and not being unapologetic about it. Am I thinking of this wrong?
1: Well, that's a part of it. That's part of it. You know, I, I, I define and redefine honesty throughout the book because I don't want people, you know, let, let's talk about what it is not, right? It is not just saying whatever the hell you think all the time to everyone, right? You know, people, I've had people say to me like, oh, Peter, you wrote a book about honesty. Like, that's so good. I'm so honest. I just tell everyone what's on my mind all the time. And I'm like, well, you're probably just an asshole. <laughs> it's probably, not, probably not, you know, it's probably beyond honesty, you know, because, you know, any, any parent will tell you that you know, just blurting out the truth all the time is not helpful. That's actually not the way to, as uh, Carnegie said, win friends and influence people. I had to learn that the hard way, Darius. You know, I was voted most likely to continue being an asshole as like a teenager and mid twenties. That's why, like, if I can learn what honesty really means and use it, anyone can trust me. You know, instead, you know, sometimes we need to be honest. Sometimes we need to be honest with people, right? We do need to level with them, um, and we don't do that well as a society because we prefer kindness over truth, unfortunately. Right. But other times we need to be honest about people, you know, about their own egos and their own beliefs and, uh, how, you know, they may look at the same thing we do and come to very different conclusions. Other people are different than we are, you know? And, and so the question is like, what's actually helpful. Honesty is only as good as the trust that it creates. So if we look at, you know, maybe, maybe it's authenticity, maybe not. Does authenticity help create trust and therefore inspire unified action? That's the question. So sometimes honesty can mean authenticity. Other, side, other times it needs to be transparency. Other times it needs to be candor. I open that up to mean you know you need to be willing to admit fault, ready for change. Uh, all of these things are what it means not only to be honest, but to weaponize honesty and use it as a tool to achieve outcomes. Now, so go,
0: going the other way though, and and, I, and again like using the word weaponized, do you think people like take honesty and go in the wrong direction? And, and actually diminish that trust. Because I mean, I guess I heard you just say that, 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 like, I have, I have buddies, like, funny enough, like, you're just saying, like, I used to be an asshole. Um, like, yeah, they tell you what you don't want to hear and when you don't want to hear it. Right. And you're like, dude, I like, thanks for nothing. Go fuck off. Right. Yeah. And so I guess that might be an example of it. But but how do you choose that? Like this book, like what does the book do in the way like, like I get everything you're saying. And I agree with it. I'm like, hey, look, transparency, authenticity, uh, candor, you know, care, that having care around that is what I'm really hearing you say is, yes, do you, care, do you care enough to pick the right version at the right time to have an effective outcome?
1: Yes. It's a book about leadership. It's like, how do you be a better leader in your life? And by the way, everyone is a leader. You don't just have to run an organization. Right. And the way to do it is to be aware of the root cause of what drives our behaviors and beliefs and habits. And that is honesty. It's how honest are we about what's in our blind spots, about the things that drive our behavior that we don't even understand. Uh, because you know, you're know you a business guy, right? We both own, own businesses. 99% of business problems, for especially for entrepreneurs, are personal problems in disguise. For sure. We bring that shit with us and push it into our organizations and middle managers do this and corporations and frontline employees and certainly CEOs. We all do this unless we're willing to get aware of our own BS, aware of our own lies, right? The the, the locked up psychology that we all just are caged in, unless we can be aware, be honest about it. And then to your point, be diligent about how we choose to deploy it. We will always be stuck. We'll never be able to rise to become the empowered leaders of our businesses and lives that we know we can be and that we deserve to be. So, no, that's
0: I love that so much. And so, my question for you is I mean, this is this is some big stuff. And yeah. and 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 so two questions. Number one is like, how do you accidentally? I mean, obviously you're working with all these clients and hearing their bullshit, and you're like, this is ridiculous. And yeah. okay, that's one thing, right? That's something where it's like maybe more annoying than anything else. How does that then turn into, I'm going to build a whole framework book and develop this into a movement around honesty. Like how did you develop all that?
1: Yeah. I mean, like I said, so start is marketing, right? So I, I, I had built out a book that I thought was focused on marketing today works when it's, when it's honest, when it's transparent. I had a lot of case studies showing that, you know, from Domino's pizza going on national television saying, sorry, folks, our pizza sucks. We, you deserve better. Um, and we're going to make it better. We're going to show you how we're making it better. That's their whole campaign. And by the way, they, crushed all their competitors, got a 3,000% return for shareholders over the next 10 years just by being honest. So I had a bunch of stories like that. And you know, my agent said, "Like this is a bigger book. This is about honesty in general. I had to think much more critically about if honesty is the best policy, then that means it has to work universally. It has to work for marketing and sales and management and operations and finance. And, and and by the way, it also has to work for us in our personal lives to reach happiness and fulfillment and all that. And so the first thing I had to ask myself was, is that true? And how do I know? You know, Those are my two favorite questions I want everyone to ask. Is that true? And how do I know? And so I, I started to dive into it and do research and talk to the amazing CEOs of Quicken Loans and Domino's Pizza and the, you know Sprint and Bridgewater Associates. And time after time, Darius, I was surprised to be like, Hot damn, they used honesty too. That was the root cause of what they were able to use as well. Wow, that's the the point at which they pivoted their business. They got honest. And so slowly it sort of emerged to me and I was able to put together a framework that made sense. Now, I could never have done that without having to have my own crisis of honesty, which sadly occurred when I, uh, gosh, I hate to admit this even happened to me, but it happened to me when I turned 30. Um, have you turned 30, Dara? Has this happened to you?
0: I turned 30 uh, about 12 years ago. How yeah. did you
1: survive that, man? Like I did, oh gosh.
0: It was it, it, I'll tell you what, I, my business imploded about oh, I don't know, a year before I turned 30, so it was a pretty miserable 30. This yes. was 2008. Eight. Well,
1: I'm with you. So that's when I started my company in 2008 and and so fast forward uh 8 years from then I turned 30, terrible. Had to wake up and realize that after missing the Olympics by far as a figure skater after failing to get into my number one school uh, I had started to accept a second best version of Peter. I had begun to think, well, the first best version is not going to happen. So guess I'll just, uh, you know, have to forget the big, the big dreams, you know, they're not going to happen. Ship has sailed. And part of what I realized after 30, when I had to get re honest with myself about, you know, who I really was, what I really believed, what I really wanted, Darius, I achieved more in the 18 months after that than I had in the 10 years prior. I mean, TEDx talk, write for Forbes and Inc., get a book deal, go back to get an MBA at Columbia. I mean, I'm fucking strapped on the jets. And none of that happens without getting honest. Honesty must must come first. So all of this sort of crystallized for me at the same time. It was like the, the book and what my agent had said and what, soci- what I think society needs right now, which is a shit ton more honesty and my personal experience. And it's sort of all crystallized in the central framework I talk about in the book, which is of course the hourglass uh, of honesty. And, and there are many more, but it was important to me, that the frustration I felt, Darius, was not that people were lying and that was wrong, right? Like I like ethics as much as the next guy, but as I said earlier, like this is a, how do we achieve results? What pissed me off was that it was so easy to achieve results. We literally had to remember, to be honest. Hello? We learned that when we were four years old. I mean, like, right. what has happened? So you can see it. You can see how frustrated I get. It's like, what has happened to people that they forget that it is as simple as you and I having a conversation to me saying, hey, Darius, I'm sorry, I suck. I need to do better. Here's how I'm going to do better. I want to be really straight with you and transparent with you. And you're not going to kick me while I'm down. You're going to say, Peter, I appreciate your honesty. Thank you. I can see that was tough for you. You respect it. Why? This is how we humans behave. And yet organizations so conveniently forget.
0: Yeah, it's so true. And, and I want to—I have a thought that I'm going to hold off because we just got a question that came in. It said, how do you deal with a coworker who prides himself on being brutally honest, but is really just an asshole?
1: <laughs> yeah, oh, it happens all the time, right? Um, here's what you don't do. You don't confront them about it and say, hey, uh, you think it's great that you're honest and turns out you're just an asshole, Right. That, that's not going to work. Never in the history of the world has it worked where you can just walk up to somebody and be like, hey, I know you think you're right, but you're wrong. They're right. never going to be like, oh, and when you put it that way, I guess you're right. I'm just going to change everything about myself now. doesn't work, right? Instead, we need to do a better job of engaging people from where they are. Ask open-ended questions. Tell me what you think is so good about being so brutally candid. I want to understand, I'm always trying to improve. And I'd like to just know, like, you know, wh- how you've shaped your worldview and the way you interact with people, what's happened in your life that made you think that's, that's super awesome and really curious, and just shut up and listen and see what they say. And then you can get into a conversation about it. You know, all right, well, what about a scenario that, you know, a person has, they're going through something and you don't know they're going through something, and then you say something and they get offended. What would you do in that scenario? And just shut up and listen, you know, and have a fruitful discussion because if you can't even be open minded enough, to get into an open conversation where egos are down, there's no hope of coming to any sort, to to moving people in any sort of direction to change their mind. It has to come from the openness. That's what we're not seeing today with everything going on in society. Instead, we're all so busy trying to stuff our opinion down the other person's throat, we're failing to understand what even creates change in human beings to begin with, and it's just sad.
0: Yeah. So it's funny. I, I thought I mentioned this to you when we spoke yesterday, but I, you know, I graduated from Stegan, which is a conscious leadership program. It's integral leadership, 52-week. It's a pretty hardcore program. And one of the things we talk about is knower versus learner. And a lot of people come from a knower perspective, which is I know everything. And and really, we if you flip that on its head and you go in, as you're saying, as a learner, having an open mind in this. And if I want to start beating on them or stabbing them for doing something, then I'm coming in as a knower. Oh, they said that because of X instead of having that learner mentality, which is, I'm curious why that was said. And one of the ways where we frame it in conscious leadership and conscious communication is this thing we call the story I'm telling myself. You know, Peter, the story I'm telling myself is when you said that, that maybe I had done something wrong. Can you help me understand it better right and 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 it's now I'm not saying you are an asshole you said this I'm saying the story I'm telling myself is maybe you're mad at me and it's and I could be way off on this but do you want to like help me understand this better and when I started doing that it was amazing because like especially if you're CEO a lot of times you're paid to be the knower right hey Darius we have this problem shut the fuck up go do that over there right people want to be people want answers right especially from leaders but they want it to, to your point, they want to receive it in a way that's palatable to them. And so that's where this conscious idea around conscious leadership comes into place, which is meeting people where they're at so you can get the result you want. So I love where you're going with all this because I think that right now and what I've been saying, and this is nothing new in my book, but what I'm telling people right now is the world is thirsty and hungry for truth and honesty and, for, and, and that the leaders of this upcoming business cycle, right now we're, in a down, we're heading into a down cycle. I don't care what anyone says. The leaders of this upcoming cycle are going to be mission, vision, and value-based organizations that are what they say they are, and they own it and live it. And I think your book is really the underpinnings of all of that. That's what I'm That's what i hearing.
1: I hope uh, 80,000 people just heard what you said, because I, <laughs> I agree. Yeah, and I, I, it makes me sad as a young person to see that society hasn't gotten to the place you and I are talking about, because it makes so much logical sense. There's just no excuse why not. So, so you got the book. It's 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 you're you're
0: in launch week. Obviously, it's something you truly believe and care about. and You spend a ton of time. I think you told me it was four or five years in the making. To, to, four years. Yeah, yeah, four years in the making to get this book out to to born the to bear the fruits of this book. And and where do you want to go with this? Like, what is if if I, if, if you and I if we if you jump on my show, and, you know, when I have a couple million followers in you know a couple months from now. Um, what, or let's say a couple years from now, let's say it's three years from now. What, what, where do you, what, what are you in this book doing?
1: I want people to be talking about it. You know, I I want every, I want in every meeting. I don't care who it is, you know, meetings with clients, meetings with colleagues. I want them to just look around and ask, like, one of us is full of shit. Who is it? It's probably me. Right. Or we're all full of shit. And you know, where's the honesty here? Where are we lying and how is that damaging us? We're not even thinking in those terms. You know, we, we, I talk you know, early in the book, like, what, what is it with us and lying? You know, we are sort of born out of the womb, able to be like, no, I didn't eat the cookie. I don't know who ate it, but it wasn't me, right? So, you know, we, we are able to do this for psychological self-protection. And no one in any business program I've been in, and I've been in some of the best in the world, talks about these really strange and odd human phenomena that get in the way of what should be an actually really logical practice, which is business, you know? And until, you know, the reason why I'm so excited about this is it really does address the root cause. I've always been a root cause analysis guy, like no, no band-aids. What's the real problem here? And this is the real the real problem. And unless we fix that, organizations are continue are going to continue to waste time, waste money, burn really valuable people who leave, miss the boat on sales and marketing. It, it's so universal and it's so easy that it boggles my mind.
0: So my question for you, and this is now I'm being self-indulgent on myself in my book. Um, I'll allow <laughs> it. Is, you know, my book's about how do you create a language for the organization through, through your core values? And the core values I believe have the power to be the most valuable asset in the organization when turned into the language of the organization. And so, and and I also say this, and you might appreciate this, that right now I believe that the most valuable asset you have, they're the most underutilized. And every organization is a little bit differently. They're a little different, right? They have their own essence to them, their own personality. And, And if you really wanna like strip away the bullshit and rise up what you are, those are your values, right? So how does that play into the work you're doing? Because when when I hear you talking, I'm just hearing myself talking about values.
1: Yeah, 100. I, I just so I just came off a two hour uh, marathon, which is why it sounds like I ate Kermit the Frog earlier. And I was talking about one of the the chapters in part three. Part three is really about like how do we implement this? You know, no matter what what level of the organization you are, in, I have chapters for I have chapters for employees, middle managers, entrepreneurs, CEOs of big companies. And one of the exercises I have people do is a core values hierarchy. Not just what are your values, but in what order are they? Because I know you'll agree with this, Darius, that most conflicts arise when someone has different values than your own. Mm -hmm. And we just sit there and wonder, like, how can they possibly think that? How can they possibly feel? This doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't make any sense to you. Right. What you believe. But people are different and they believe different things. You know, my dog believes in the power of dinner. He just loves that. Dinner is the most important thing he looks forward to all day. I have a little other priorities, right? So... You know, not only the the values, but the hierarchy. And here's why that's important. In my values hierarchy, the order in which I I prioritize my values, service is higher than honesty. In other words, if I am in service to someone else, I'm helping them, I will lie to help someone else. Now, someone may also have service and honesty, but they're flipped. And so they would never lie to help someone else. That would violate what they believe is right. So it's not only important to know that we share values or don't, but in what order are they? Because all of those really matter. And what's interesting, Darius, is once I looked at and understood my values hierarchy, I started asking myself a very important question, which is, what's in this person's hierarchy? You know, as I'm listening Mm -hmm. to them talk or I'm watching them engage, I bet they value this. I bet they value that. I bet they value this. And I bet that's why we've come into conflict. Right. Because I don't value that. Very interesting. I wish more people would, would be thoughtful about that.
0: Well, it's so, it's so interesting. You're just like, you just, my brain just exploded a little bit because what I always tell people is that when you have, you know, when you're out of alignment with your, with your, uh, your values, because you feel the friction, you feel yes. uncomfortable and you feel anxious. And so it, and I was internalizing it. And the, my book is about the organization figuring out what it is and then the personal values need to attach in its own way. What I hadn't thought of what you just really brought to the table, which is, Taking the, my values and someone else's values and then connecting and seeing where there's friction. And then taking it one step further, which I absolutely love what you just where you went with that, which is to to then try to ascertain what is the hierarchy of their values. And having that, that I guess, that consciousness around and that awareness around the fact that, hey, look, man, I like you. you we just met. You seem like a cool guy. We, we're, we've had some great conversations, but we probably don't have the same values because most people don't. And where are what are your values? To your point, is service ahead of honesty? For me, maybe maybe I have neither of those, right? And so when we start rubbing friction against each other, how can we then get honest? So that's the question I want to go to with you. Is okay, you and I don't share the same values. We're coworkers together. We're we're rubbing up against each other, and I'm like, dude, we're not seeing eye to eye here. But we're but there's some, been some sort of framework around finding common ground so that we can make headway together how do you approach that in your book and in your ideal ideology it,
1: you know honesty works universally we need to ask ourselves like what what's honesty like let, let's zoom out let's zoom out to the level of like our little community in our in our our bubble right you and i are colleagues in this example are we really trying to achieve two different objectives here are we not actually trying to achieve the same goal so often we forget even that you know, we get locked up in our own like I hate her and she hates me, and uh, it's all this per- interpersonal stuff. It's like rise above. Like let, let's, aren't, we're actually trying to achieve the same thing. Erase the doubt that that's possible. It's not, so often we're like that person's trying to screw me, and I can't even do my job because they're trying to prov-. really. No, they don't. No, they're trying to survive and they're trying to provide for their family and they're trying to do their jobs like everyone else, right? Mm-hmm. So let's get honest about you know what, what what the situation is, the setup, and what's weird, Darius, is that. If I took a person with that sort of conflict and brought them over to an entirely other culture with two people they didn't know, and was like, gosh, this is such a weird conflict. What would you do do here? They'd be like, oh, they need to realize that they're on the same team. And they get so obvious, right? But never when it's yourself. So, you know, after that, we need to get honest about the folks around us. What are they thinking and feeling? How are why are they acting the way they're acting? What do they value? And how is that different from what I value? And then we need to employ uh, a technique I, I talk about, which is not just being honest, but pointing to the honesty, saying, hey, um, I'd like to sit down with you and have a conversation because I want to be really honest about what I'm seeing and, and feeling. I'm wondering if you would be open enough for me to share all that with you because I hope we can come to some common ground and solve it, right? No complete dickhead. You know, you'd have to be pretty bad to be like, no, I don't want to solve anything with you. You saw You know, like most people, some will, Some will, but most people are going to be like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, no. All right. And we, it's one thing to then be honest with the person, right? I feel like we're in friction. I feel like maybe our values are misaligned. I feel like sometimes you're trying to throw my job, whatever. We need to be one step removed from that. Hey, I'm going to be really honest with you. And I trust you with it. I think if we're honest with each other, we can solve this. And I know that you value honesty and you'll value what I have to say. and, And I'm going to value what you have to say. Is that okay? And most people are never spoken to like that. And they'll be like, oh, yeah, no, right. I can, I can take the truth. I can have an honest conversation. Yeah, no, I do think that's, that's a good idea. Let's do it. And what you can do is actually set up, you can set a foundation, a, a, an environment in which you can get to what's true. And within that environment, there's another technique that I love and I want everyone to understand how to use, which is facts and feelings. You probably know this one, Darius, right? First, let's get the facts out. No, No feeling attached whatsoever fact, you were late to the meeting. And, you know, I was really offended. No, no, you were late to the meeting. That's a fact, right? right? (laughs) Let's just lay out the facts. And what's interesting is just going through that exercise and stripping out the feelings and listing the facts by the end, you're left with like, okay, do you think you could be on time? Yeah, of course. It's not a big deal. You know, the next time we have a conflict on, on that design we're putting together, do you think we can talk about it in private? Yeah, of course we can do that. Well, all the feelings are separate, you know, and once everyone sees them in a list, Nobody wants to be the one who wrote down, you know, I felt whatever, but it's like, oh crap, was that me? Yeah, I don't really want to be that. <laughs> you know, right. it puts a much more logical analysis on our, you know, very reptilian brain reactions to things, which by the way, is not in my estimation, an honest way, you know, to go about having relationships and trying to meet goals because we need to remember the pursuit of a goal in and of itself, whether that's, you know, in a work environment, whatever it is, right. Happier marriage doesn't matter is a logical exercise. There's a goal, there are steps to get there. Those steps make perfect sense. And anyone with half a brain knows if you just simply execute the steps, you'll reach the goal. The only thing that gets in the way is our own bullshit. right? Our own dishonesty and our own self-limiting beliefs and ego that leads us astray. That's why we need to come back to honesty about those things, about the existence of them, and then put up guardrails so that we can't go astray. And if we simplify it in that way and use some of the techniques, those and others I talk about in the book, we can get there.
0: So um, we had another question come in. I think you answered it earlier, but we'll we'll just go there quickly again. Is there such a thing as too much honesty?
1: Yeah, of course. Uh, One of the CEOs uh, in the book says, you know, if you're flying in an airplane and uh, the pilots come over the intercom and they say, well folks, uh, we've never seen storm clouds like that before. So please put your seatbelts on. Not quite sure if we're gonna get to the ground this time. Is it honest? Yeah, but is it helpful? No. Yeah. You know, Honesty is only as good as the trust it creates. If you, you know, we see this all the time. Turn on your, your favorite Disney movie. It's like sometimes we got to lie to protect people. The question is, would they be upset if they found out? Or would they agree with you that you had their best interest at heart? that's a theme we see and turn on any television show or, or movie. You you can imagine the moment where the person finds out that they've been lied to and they're upset because it wasn't a big deal, but now it's a big deal. How many times do we have to watch that storyline? You know? And yeah. so it, it you got to play it forward. Like if they were to find out and then you were caught in a lie, how, what would they think? Would they get it? you like, yeah, I would have lied to me too. <laughs> You know, and sometimes that's the case, right? So how how often, I mean, I've said it, Darius, I don't know about you, like, I don't even want to know. Don't tell me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Sometimes that's okay, you know? Totally. But it's
2: not.
0: Yeah, it's, a, it's a, like you just, like, I had a situation a couple of years ago as CEO of my company where I there was no good answer, right? I was damned if I didn't, damned if I didn't. And there, and there was no better honest answer. And it was really like, what's going to build, what's going to be in everyone's best interest because too much honesty would have really not been in the in the best interest but not enough was also just felt I don't know didn't feel great either right so sometimes you have to take the 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 take the less painful road because it is in the greater good of of whoever you're interacting with or the organization knowing that if i tell you what you, what what if i tell you what you don't want to have what, what you don't want to hear it is actually worse for you at that totally. moment it's not to yeah. say that you're, that you're going to just never say anything, but maybe at that moment, the timing's not good.
1: One of the things that, that help all leaders and that I wish had happened in this pandemic. And it did not sadly is as long as there's a process to get from where you are to the decision and that process is transparent, people will understand, right? They may not agree with the decision you got to, they may not like it, but they'll at least say to themselves, you know what? I can see they tried. They were thoughtful about it. Right. I can see the facts they were looking at. I don't like it, but all right. They were doing the right thing. They were trying to act in our best interest. A for effort. That is a thing, you know? So I think we need to do a better job as, as leaders of any kind, whether your parents or whatever, be transparent about the process. Here's what I was thinking. Here's what I was feeling. Here's what I was looking at. Here's how I made my decision. If you don't like it, fine.
0: Yeah, dude, you're. This is. I mean, you're blowing my mind right now. Uh, We got another. another, Seriously, man. Like, this is like what a great way for me to end my week. Um, We got another question, and then we're gonna get wrapped up because I know you got you got West Coast ABC News. That's awesome. Uh, Do you find a a question? Do you find a difference between lying to ourselves and trying to be overly optimistic?
1: That's such a great question. I want to answer it by saying something perhaps a little unexpected, which is. I am disappointed and sad by the number of people I encounter who want to boil the ocean and change the world. They're like, I just want to help people. I just want to help people. But these are folks who are really broken inside in some way, shape, or form. They don't have the resources emotionally, financially. Uh, you know, They don't have the, the right connections. They don't, have, they don't have the pieces. And what it ends up being is lying to themselves, not optimism. It's they have failed to do what is, I think, the number one thing for any leader to do. And by the way, you're all leaders, which is put your oxygen mask on first. Right. Stop worrying about other people and helping save all the children of planet Earth until you deeply understand what you need as an individual. Again, financially, emotionally, spiritually, whatever. Um, that is where I see it manifest that people think optimism is, uh, you know, is, is being hidden in, um, you know, in, in what's brutally honest with you, straight up lying to yourself. Right. Um, so, you know, that I think, I think, you know, I want to tell the manifestation of that rather than than answer with any sort of tactic because I think everyone knows that person. Or maybe you are that person <laughs> and you need to be honest with yourself. And then the question is, what do I have to do to, to put my oxygen mask on? What does that mean? What is the oxygen you know, that I need? And, and go and get that help. Um, before you build build the rest of it, so
0: there's a, this is probably an entirely different show for us to do together. Which is, how do you like? And this is where me being where I'm at in my life is learning that I'm the best liar to myself that there is. I'm a oh, i am yeah. try pride myself on how transparent, honest, and building of trust I am with other people and yet i've also learned that i'm the most brutally biggest mfer to myself and lie and lie and lie we to the point where i and i and I, and i'm naive to myself where i'll believe it so there's there's something to be said there around not only having outward honesty but the honesty that to 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 really hold ourselves accountable to to not believe ourselves right and to not believe our own bullshit, but I, I don't, well, that's a rabbit hole that we're going to get into another time. Because
1: <laughs> well, there, there are ways, but it's not possible alone. I'll just say that like, it's not possible. Gotta yeah, help.
0: definitely. Um, look, I know you got you dude. I know you've had a ton of calls today and you got another one coming up. And, and I want to, uh, I want to wrap on, on, on you really telling us, how can the audience support you? Where are you at? Where do they find you? Just give us the lowdown.
1: Gosh, we're um, you know we're finishing this week strong. Books are sold week to week, so you know first week sales really matter. Um, I've had so much tremendous support for this. Uh, if you have not bought a copy of Honest to Greatness, please do. You know I have been so uh, humbled by the folks who have come out and helped me with this really big topic. I mean, I stick my neck out. For a really big topic that affects all of us as individuals and as a society. I mean, I've had amazing people, you know, Barbara Corcoran said, hey, this is important. You know, Sharon Lecter, the, the co-author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I mean, I've mean, i had wonderful support, but I need your support. I need folks like you sitting at home watching this to say to yourself, yeah, I do believe in honesty. This, this needs to be a movement. I do want to improve my life and buy a copy, buy a copy for you, buy a copy for your friends, the leaders in your life, uh, your dog, if your dog's a reader, um, just a smart dog. <laughs> you know, It really helps, it really helps. Um, and if, for those of you who wanna get in, more into this content, you know, how do we weaponize this? Um, go to honest2greatness.com and there's a free 21 question honesty quiz you can take that'll tell you your honesty profile. And I send you a video explaining you know, why you got the results and how to improve them. And that's a good way to get involved with me.
0: Guys, uh, Peter, this has been such a treat, man, and I'm and I wish you all the luck on book launch. I can't wait to get a copy and to support it. And everybody uh, who, if you're part of the Greatness Machine community um, or part of the Core Value Equation community, please help help support the launch. And to your point, Peter, launch week's a big deal. This is where all the different bestseller lists look to see. And and this there's there's no this is a book for everybody for your parents, for your kids, for your dog, as you said, but for everybody to really step up. And the only way we're going to create the world we, we want is by holding people accountable. And I just see that this is a standard by which we want to hold people accountable. So I'm, I'm really excited to support your book and I'm glad that we got to spend some time together, but guys, uh, you know, where to find him. We put, we're going to put it in the comments, um, on the watch party here and, um, looking forward to a great next week guys. Um, on my side, I guess finally, uh, Peter, thank you so much, my friend. This was really awesome having you. My pleasure. I'm, I'm Thanks really- for being honest. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's been, it's been a, a treat for me. And I can't wait to, for us to connect some more and support each other. Um, guys, uh, we're wrapping up the week. We had a great week. Next week's an even bigger week. Uh, follow us on Facebook at The Real Darius M. Share this with your friends and family. Start watch parties after the fact. Share this content so Peter can hit all the bestseller lists. Um, and you can go to YouTube, subscribe uh, to our channel. It's under my name. Uh, you can look up hashtag the, the greatness machine. Leave us a review, tell us what you love most about this particular episode. We love getting the reviews, we love to see what you guys love most. And if this particular episode you know made you think of someone who's leveling up in their business and in their life, print screen, share it with them. Leaders are the best givers, and after all, we're all here to support and grow with each other. And in case you want to see some of the fun behind-the-scenes shots or some of the things that we're doing. I'm actually writing about this in my weekly newsletter. Go to www.therealdarius.com and subscribe to my newsletter. We're talking about fun things like business and life and mindfulness and cryptocurrencies and gosh, I don't even know everything and anything, but it's tons of fun stuff I write about. I try to get it out on a weekly basis. You can subscribe at www.therealdarius.com. And with that said, look, thank you guys so much. I appreciate you. I love you. Peace. We're out of here. See you guys on the next one
1: my lover.
2: This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion, and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Leila Hermosey, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose.